What's going on, people? This is Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report. Basketball season is here. I am fucking psyched. You guys psyched? I know that you are because you wouldn't be listening to this podcast on what will probably be a Thursday on your ride to work if you were not psyched. I love college basketball. I know that if you listen to this podcast that you love college basketball. I will not waste your time on an intro today, okay? I promise. I will not play two and a half minutes of Slayer, Seasons in the Abyss, to get you into this show. We had 10 games last night. ACC goes 10-0. and I'm going to talk about every single one of those games. We have an off night tonight. There are more games coming tomorrow. Uh, more Notre Dame. I got G-Tech at the end of the week. Go to slapassign.com for my Notre Dame recap of last night's game. Go to gtswarm.com for my preview of Georgia Tech's upcoming game on Friday evening. Uh, Chase Irick handles most of the Slap the Sign previews and recaps for Slap the Sign. I will still handle the recruiting coverage and throw in some opinion pieces every now and then. Um, I will mostly be active on my own site, accbasketballreport.com, as far as recruiting, opinions, things that I'm loving, things that I'm hating um, over the course of the season. So absolutely check me out, accbasketballreport.com. Mailbag questions sent to accbasketballreport at gmail.com. At Pcone36 on Twitter, if you just want to have a conversation about what you're seeing, you can tell me that i am lost my goddamn mind as far as my takes. Now, I'm going to talk about all 10 games tonight that we saw last night. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. I won't waste your time with this intro anymore. This is the ACC Basketball Report. I am Michael Hunter. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. <laughs> hey, SEC, take a shot at the king. You best not miss. You know, hey, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to come harder than that when you come after the best conference in college basketball on opening night. Who you got? Kentucky done. Florida done. Champions are crowned in November, people, or at least that's what Twitter says. I'm not a huge follower of that. Great night. <clears throat> On opening night for ACC basketball, the ACC goes perfect on the evening, 10-0. and 0. It is Wednesday evening, roughly 6 o'clock. Just got home from work, took a shot, threw on some shorts. Wanted to jump on here with you guys today, give you my thoughts on first day of college basketball, 2018-19. Watched about half the games, um, saw some... A little bit of the others, you know, I concentrated on four four games that really interested me. Um, obviously, the Champions Classic and then three others that I talked about on ACCBasketballReport.com. Overall, a, a fantastic night of hoops. The game that I thought was going to be the tightest ended up being so. Um, I was surprised by some of the results. I was not surprised by some of the others. I think some players emerged that I hadn't given enough attention to during the preseason. I'm going to talk about those guys this evening. But what I really wanted to do was throw that cake right in the SEC's face. 
You guys can spend the money. Hey, you guys can keep football. I don't give a fuck about football, okay? You guys can go out. You can hire Ben Howland. You can hire Avery Johnson. You can hire Bruce Pearl. You are not the ACC. The ACC is and always will be the premier basketball league in the entire country. It's where it's at. Now, I might sing a different tune in a few years when Coach K and Bayheim and Roy and all these guys retire. But I think those schools will make fantastic hires as well. The ACC will and always be the best basketball conference in the country. The SEC is simply a pretender. Their spokesman and 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 billboard guy Tony Patelis trying to prop them up on the Goodman podcast. If you haven't listened, my good buddy Tony uh, actually landed an interview with Jeff Goodman on the College Hoop News podcast. Definitely go over and check that out. It was a really good interview. Uh, Goodman. Post ESPN Goodman is the best kind of Goodman. I don't know if you guys follow Jeff on Twitter, but he's the man. Okay, he's not Matt Norlander. He's not these other guys that won't engage little guys like me. Me, I can have a conversation on on Twitter with Jeff Goodman. He don't give a fuck. He just wants to talk to good people, smart people, people that love basketball. And he got on the College Hoop podcast the other day, and he let some shit go. And you know, Tony's one of my favorites, but Tony's also an SEC. I'm not going to say lover, I'm not going to say apologist, but he thinks the SEC is really good this year. Florida, Kentucky, what happened to those guys last night? You can at me on Twitter, at pcone 36 you tell me why I'm wrong, and I will show you why I am right. So, <clears throat> as always, got to get it out of the way, like, rate, review, subscribe, share, retweet the podcast, get the word out there, make this the premier place to go for ACC basketball news. This is the first of the new twice a week podcast that we're going to be doing and i say we i mean me i'm the only guy here uh sometimes you guys might think there's somebody else in the room but it's just me talking to myself get the numbers up give me a five star review you can say whatever you want in the comments as long as you give me five stars the most creative review if i can find it if i can see it if i can read it i'll throw you a sweatshirt i'll throw you some swag so and if you think if you if you question the reality of that or how the sweatshirts the sweatshirts look Go to Will Ogenen. He just got his sweatshirt today from the giveaway a couple weeks ago. The sweatshirts are tight. I kept one for myself. I got one left to give away. I'm going to order some t-shirts, some other stuff, maybe some beanies for the winter, things like that. All right. ACCBasketballReport.com. For all ACC news, especially recruiting, is mostly what I'm putting up lately. SlapTheSign.com for all Notre Dame news. I'm covering recruiting. I did a post-game interview for Chase last night who was unable to. Uh, thought it came out well. And then uh, GT Swarm for game previews and probably some recaps on that. GTEC doesn't play for a few more days. Let's get into some games. First game of the night, because I was covering for Chase, I had to pay you know, attention up in the man cave to the Notre Dame game. I, I had Notre Dame winning, if you pay attention to the slap the sign preview, 12 to 15 points. The spread came out five, six days later, set at 14 and a half. Notre Dame came out and blitzed these guys. And, you know, I say a lot of the times, you know, freshmen don't play defense and uh, college basketball championships are won by point guards. I, I was one for two on the night. I said that in the game recap last night. This Notre Dame team and these Notre Dame freshmen came out last night uh, intense, focused, ready to play. Hold on. I was very surprised that Robbie Carmody was the freshman that got the start. You knew that, the fr that one of the freshmen was going to get the start. Uh, the logical choice was Prentice Hub 
or Nate Lazuski, which they were calling him Lashevsky last night. I think it's Lazuski. I think I'm, I still think I'm correct on that. We'll see how that goes over the course of the season. Robbie Carmody comes out, and it's immediately um, evident why he's starting. He is a plus perimeter defender. Now he got a little injured. Late in the second half, went to the locker room. I haven't heard anything about that yet. Lazuski looked good last night, led the Irish in both scoring and rebounding with 12 and 9. I thought Hub looked good, especially in the first half. I think the biggest key here was that DJ Harvey looked good in his time. He played 24 minutes last night, 10 points, 6 rebounds. He hit the deck pretty hard in the second half, but he actually came back into the game, so that was a good sign. Uh, Juwan Durham. I'm not going to say he was underwhelming, but he was effective. He only played 14 minutes. He was effective while he was in there. Six points, six blocks, and three rebounds. I really liked what I saw from Juwan Durham. I think maybe I underestimated John Mooney a little bit. You know, Mooney came in, had 10 and 8 last night. He only played 17 minutes, and Elijah Burns played 12. So there's more of a timeshare going on in the Notre Dame front court than I originally anticipated. I thought. I thought Burns would get the short end on this. Um, after watching the exhibition game, I thought Mooney was definitely the starter. I thought he played very well. I still think Durham is the the highest upside guy, but given his health conditions and his his health history, I think you know 20, 25 minutes is going to be his ceiling this season. But showing what he can do last night in fourteen minutes with six blocks, five of them in the second half, I was very impressed with him. Something to be a little bit concerned about. Rex Fluger looked awful last night. I mean, I don't really know how to say it other than that. I think Carmody plays the Rex Fluger role maybe better than Rex plays it at this point, and that's one game into the season. Now we got to see where the Carmody injury goes, um, but right now I, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable with with Carmody in there Rex just looked bad you know maybe he's got maybe he had a bad game everybody has a bad game okay he's he's going he's had to adjust his role in this Notre Dame program multiple times and last night was another adjustment for him as Harvey comes back as Carmody and 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 Hub and Goodwin you know Dane Goodwin comes out last night plays 20 minutes scores 10 points you know, grabs four rebounds. He he looked good, but he he doesn't really put up efficient numbers quite yet. Still learning how to adjust to the college game, I think. But you know, Rex is trying to find his how he fits in this in this current roster situation that he's in. Where you know, Bray brought in a, a big class that is full of perimeter guys that play the same position that he does. So, um, little adjustment there. Notre Dame was up by thirty. This ended up being a seventeen point game. The, the final score was definitely not indicative of, of how that game actually went. Uh, Notre Dame dominated that game last night. And, you know, the Horizon League, nice try. You know, UIC is one of the top three teams in the Horizon League this year, I think. <clears throat> and Notre Dame made pretty short work of them. Uh, probably the surprise game of the night. Uh, Florida, Florida State, you know, last year Florida State goes to Gainesville, gets the win uh, when Florida State, uh, when Florida was ranked in the top five I think they were number five in the country at the at that time and you know the the spread was four I took Florida covering the four but I thought Florida State would win you know two three you know free throws at the end of the game basically and Florida State basically come out and bitch slapped him um, MJ Walker came out in the first half and was fantastic I thought he was well on his way to 2025 last night um, it didn't quite end that way for him uh, Florida State does run away with it though, 81 to 60 at home, and 
it was it it was interesting. You know, Kavon Allen had a bad night. Jalen Hudson didn't have a, a great night. You know, <laughs> Kavon Allen didn't actually score. Uh, Andrew Nemhard got in a little bit of foul trouble in the first half. It kind of limited his effectiveness, but he is a very good looking freshman. Uh, you know, PJ Savoy. You know, he hits. Uh, five triples, all seven of his field goal attempts are from deep. He goes for 20 last night. Trent Forrest uh, played about how we expected, 12 points, five assists. You know, he also had a little bit of foul trouble, not not nothing uh, not nothing to get too excited about. You know, biggest thing here, uh, John Michael, Chris Kumaji, 21 minutes, you know, nine points, five rebounds. He only had one block, but he was, he was the big man in the middle. He was the intimidator. Sucked up a lot of room in that bucket. Um, Mufiandu, Cabin Gelly only played 15 minutes last night. I thought David Nichols looked overmatched, I guess would be the nice way to say it. Um, he did He did not play efficiently. He just looked a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe he'll adjust. He's a talented kid. I, you know, I think there's no question about that. But uh, he, he's got some work to do. My guy, uh, Wyatt Wilkes, only played five minutes, uh, did score a bucket, had a few rebounds. We'll, we'll see where that goes from there. But I was actually really impressed with Florida State last night. I did not watch the entire game. I watched most of the first half while I was waiting for the endless talk show bullshit to stop on ESPN and for them to just start the Duke-Kentucky game. I mean, it's 10 o'clock on a fucking Tuesday, okay? Most of us have jobs. Let's get this shit going, okay? The other game on the evening that really interested me, and I watched the whole thing, it was on the silent TV. I got the man cave upstairs. I got two TVs. I had the Notre Dame game on with sound. I had the other game on on silent. It was North Carolina at Wofford. I took Wofford to cover the 10.5. I thought Carolina would win the game. Of course, the spread was 11. Carolina wins by 11. Um, Carolina going to Spartanburg, to me, is a fantastic thing. I think college basketball needs more of that. I think that these mid or not mid-major, these high-major blue blood programs can benefit greatly from going to places like Wofford, okay? To places like uh, Wichita State. Nah, Wichita State might be a stretch. Uh, let's go Buffalo, okay? Go to Buffalo. All right, um, go go to Walford, go to uh, St. Mary's is not another good one. Uh, I, I can't think of anything right now, of course, because I'm on the air and I'm recording. Florida Golf Coast, go to Florida Golf Coast, play a game there. Okay, hostile environments, good crowds, good programs, and you you are probably going to win the game, but your players are going to face some adversity along the way, and that is exactly what happened in Spartanburg last night. North Carolina had their youngsters in there. Um, jumped out a little bit, Wofford cut the lead. Okay, jumped out a little bit, Wofford cut the lead. So, you know, Luke May did his thing last night. You know, it, it's so funny that Luke May, all he does is put up numbers. 24, 7, and 4 assists last night in 34 minutes. He he did it efficiently, you know, 8 for 9 from the line. The I think the biggest story of the evening was Garrison Brooks by far. Now, he put up 16 and 16 in their tune-up exhibition game. And I'm thinking, you know, it's Mount Olive. Give me a, you know, give me a break. He's not that guy. Well, last night, 25 minutes, he scores 20 points, grabs five rebounds, and he was fiery last night. I mean, he was the emotional leader, I thought, of that team. Um, he was amped last night, and I think that you are seeing the jump 
from Garrison Brooks from the freshman to sophomore season. He may be one of the guys to watch. Of that trio of, of freshmen last year, Sterling Manley, Brandon Huffman, Garrison Brooks. Garrison Brooks looks like he's made the jump, and he may be that second big man when, when Roy wants to go two in, two big men. Brooks may be that guy. Now, <clears throat> the guy that made the big shots last night, I thought for UNC, was Cam Johnson. Now, I caught a little bit of heat from you guys in the preseason when I put Cam Johnson in the top 10 returning players in the ACC. I put him ahead of Kyle Guy. I put him ahead of Ty Jerome. I put him ahead of Terrence Mann. I put him ahead of some people because I believe this kid can play. Last night, 17 points, 8 rebounds, couple assists, couple steals. You know, did have 3 turnovers, but eh, whatever. 32 minutes, kids shoot 6 for 9, 5 for 7 from deep. He, he's a... He's a player. I mean, you put him on half the teams in the ACC, he's their best player. And last night, he hit clutch shot after clutch shot. Kenny Williams had a bad night offensively, but if you watch the game, Kenny Williams might be one of the most underrated defensive players in the entire ACC. The kid held Fletcher McGee, one of the best offensive players in the entire country. I'm not saying in the SOCON. I'm not saying in the Southeast. The entire country, Fletcher McGee can hold his own against anybody. He put up 27 against Carolina last year. Kenny Williams guarded him 80% of the night, held him to 3 for 16 from deep, 7 for 23 from the field. Now, Fletcher put up some bad shots and some and some desperation moments, you know, some deep shots, some off-balance shots, things like that. Well, that's a that's a that's a direct correlation to how Kenny was playing him over the course of the evening. Uh, I, I thought Williams may have been the MVP of that game. You know, it's funny because McGee still had 21 points, but if you watch the game. A lot of them come in the second half. You know, he he led the charge when Walford actually came back and I think tied the game at maybe 45. I, I don't have that note in front of me. But, you know, UNC after that, after Walford tied the game, UNC kind of pulled away. I thought Cam Jackson, who I apologize to you guys, I, I thought I looked on the box score, Cam Jackson was gone. I thought I looked on the roster and I didn't see his name there. He is still there. He only had 10 and 9, but again, if you watch the game... He was making that team go. He had that team on his back. I think Wofford is a really good team out of the Southern Conference. I'd love to see them in the tournament this year. If you see Wofford in the NCAA bracket as a, a 14, 13, 12 seed this year, give them a serious look for one of those upsets because they are well coached. They have scores. They have a big man. They're just they're they're very good. Uh, you know, another note, my guy's guy, T's boy, uh, Nasir. Played 20 minutes last night, 7 points, 2 boards, 3 assists, 2 blocks. Didn't put up huge numbers. I did have him in DFS, by the way, so nice. we gotta, we got to step that up, brother, you know. But <clears throat> played within himself, I thought. Uh, let the game come to him, which is something I, I typically look for. And good, good help side defense, uh, getting one block, and I believe got the other block on a one-on-one, gave the offensive player a little bit of room, uh, let him make his move go up, and Nasir recovered for the block. I, I, you know, not a not a great game statistically by Nasir, but I, I still thought he played well. And you know, this this kid's gonna put up numbers. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, UNC, I, you know, another hold Walford nine of thirty-five from deep. They themselves only take twenty-two threes. They shoot forty-one percent. UNC, I don't I I don't see any. Even after watching Duke play, which I'm going to talk about here in just a second. I know you lunatics want me to get there. I don't have any reason to doubt picking UNC at number one 
to uh, to start this season. So, speaking of Duke, let's get to it. I'm going to admit, let me take a drink of water because I'm about to eat some crow. Uh, I wish that was bourbon. Anyway, you know, Duke goes to the Champions Classic. They beat Kentucky by 34 points, 118-84. to uh, Barrett, Reddish, Williamson, they combined to go for 73 points. They shoot 30 of 53 from the field. Barrett by himself gets 33, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. Zion puts up 28, 7 boards. Did hit a triple, went 5 for 7 from the line. And, you know, Reddish Reddish put up 22. Zion and Reddish didn't even play more than 25 minutes. Okay? You know, I'm going to say... I have never seen an athlete like Zion Williamson. I've, I've never seen a kid get up off the ground... After he, uh, he, he's a freak of fucking nature. It, that's the only way to put it. Now, I'm still not sold that he's a shooter. I'm not, I'm not sold that he can, you know, one for one, cool. He's shooting 1,000% on the season or 100% on the season. The, his, his, his greatest asset is his agility, his speed, his athleticism. The way he gets off the floor, the way he hangs in the air, it's absolutely incredible. I do think that Duke is going to run into some problems later. I, I, I'm still not sold on Bolden, even though he made he made some good plays last night. Uh, I think maybe the surprise of the night was Jack White, who registered 9-11 last night. Alex O'Connell, 9 points in 11 minutes. I I just... They shot 12 for 26 from deep last night, and I'm still not sold. Um, this is where I, I, I said before, when I was talking about Notre Dame, freshmen don't play defense. Kentucky's loaded with freshmen. Kentucky is a factory for NBA talent. They want to showcase their offensive skills. I don't think they're interested in playing defense. Tyler Harrow did not impress me at all last night. Uh, Keldon Johnson scored 23 and somehow didn't impress me last night. Keldon Johnson, from what I saw, was just standing around waiting for somebody to get in the ball so he could shoot a jump shot. Now, I was a big Keldon Johnson guy when he's coming out of high school, but... I, man, last night he looked he looked awful stationary, and I and I think Keldon's a really good player. He has an NBA future. Ashton Hagens did, was not impressive last night. Now this is a kid that did reclassify up, so he's playing with older kids now. He's he he's still finding his footing. Ashton Hagens is an NBA point guard and is a the defensive dynamo, but I don't think anybody in the country. Even the way Kansas played in the first half against Michigan State last night, there wasn't anybody in the country stopping Duke for more than last night on opening night. Absolutely nobody. I think they beat anybody in the country last night by 20. It was absolutely crazy. When people are talking about Zion and Barrett and not talking about Reddish after the game that Reddish played last night, it's absolutely insane. Reddish had four steals, three assists, two rebounds. And and the triples that he made, he went three for eight from deep, the triples that he made... Was were were dead on dead center. He, he's he's big. He's long. He's got a really nice stroke. I I I've said it ever since he committed to Duke. Ever since he committed to play for a team in the ACC, that kid has the highest upside of anybody in the freshman class this year. As far as the way the NBA is played, as far as how teams construct their offenses and construct their rosters this year, Cam Reddish has a brilliant NBA future. Now, a lot of people have been downplaying Barrett. For whatever reason, you know what I mean. He's he's Bud Light right now. He's he's he, he's beer in in general. He you know what I mean. He's 
it's popular to dislike him. Okay, he's the Walking Dead of college basketball. It is now cool to dislike those things. When in reality, and I was talking to Tony Patelis the other day, he asked me, you know, who in your opinion is the best prospect in the NCAA? I said, well, that's kind of a loaded question. If you want a basketball player, that's R.J. Barrett. If you want an athlete, and you you want to sell tickets, it's probably Zion or Nasir Little. Now, you know, Nasir, again, didn't didn't show a whole lot in his opening night. But on a team that's that loaded, he doesn't have to. He let the game come to him. And he's going to score 20 some nights. He's probably going to score, like, a, you know, earlier, seven some nights. Zion is, is season ticket holders just throwing their money. It doesn't matter. Just take my fucking money and give me some tickets. And I also told Tony that a dark horse is Cam Reddish. You know, Cam has a, a, a bit of a history, a bit of a, a reputation as not going full go all the time. And I think that's why Zion was actually rated ahead of Cam in, in some, some, some recruiting circles. And I didn't think that was correct. I thought Reddish was a better basketball player as far as all-around all talent and, and upside. We're going to find out. And I can't wait to find out. Um, as far as people that impressed me last night for Kentucky... Christ, it was like Reed Travis had double-digit rebounds in the first night or first five minutes, you know. And it's funny because he ended the night with only seven, but Jesus, he was all over the ball all night long. Um, Kentucky is going to be Kentucky might not be great now because Hagens, Johnson, Harrow, you know, their entire their entire uh, perimeter needs to kind of find themselves. These kids have really haven't played before. Freshmen, sophomores. Quade Green only played 16 minutes last night. It was that was weird. Uh, Manuel quickly got 19. You know, only scored six points. Quade actually only had one point. Um, you know, the, Kentucky is fucking loaded too. It's it's unreal. I want to see this. I, I'd love to see this game played in late January. I really would. Um, the Champions Classic. I think Bill Self said it last night. The Champions Classic happens too early. These teams. I want to hit. I want to see these teams play when they're going full stride. That's that's when I think we really want to see these games because I want to see 118 to 160, not 118 to 84. And I think that's what we'd get in January. But uh, you know, you come out in you know on November 6th and one team gets slapped in the mouth and the kids are all 19 years old. Sometimes they don't respond to that. Now they're going to grow out of that in the next couple months because they're going to be exposed to a high level of college basketball two or three times a week. And I think late January is when we want to have that that Champions Classic. But it's also difficult to have an exhibition type situation during conference play. All right. Moving on to um, the number one that lost to the number 16 because apparently we're still talking about that. And I actually saw a video today where uh, sports information director <clears throat> actually played a review or a, a replay of the UMBC uh, team beating Virginia in the tournament while Tony Bennett was on stage last night. It was really interesting. Hopefully that guy's out of a fucking job. Or Tony Bennett has a really good sense of humor. I don't know if I would have that sense of humor given the type of nonsense that Virginia's had to put up with the offseason. You know, websites like Mid-Major Madness just fucking making jokes about that shit every day. We get it. It was funny for, I don't know, a few days. Let's let it go. Okay, Virginia's again in the top five. They're going to be a number one or number two seed in the tournament. They're awesome again. It happened. It was bound to happen in our lifetime. You knew it was going to happen. Virginia just, the way they play, sometimes leaves them susceptible. Do I think they should change the way they play? Absolutely not. They won 31 games last year. Give me a fucking break. All right. 
I did not watch a ton of this game. This wasn't a game that really inter- uh, interested me. Towson uh, going to Charlottesville. You know, Virginia wins easily 73-42. Kyle Guy, not a great night. DeAndre Hunter had one of the best dunks of the night. Had a triple, uh, not a triple double, double double last night. Uh, Thirteen and ten. Ty Jerome led the way. Twenty points, four assists, two steals, three boards. He's gonna be the guy this year. He's going to surpass Kyle Guy as the leader on this team. And there are whispers of him being an NBA draft pick in the first round. People think, and and I don't doubt it, given his ability to shoot the three. You know, last night he's six for nine. Given his the his range, I mean, when he's inside half court, you got to guard him. It's unbelievable. The kid is just a really good point guard. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. Kyle Guy is going to lead this team, and I think Virginia might be better for it. I'm, I'm sorry, Ty Jerome is going to lead this team, and I think Virginia might be better for it. Kyle Guy in a secondary role, hey, just go out, run off double screens, hit jumpers all night, run off the curl, fade to the corner. You know, you're going to... I'll get you open shots. And now you got Braxton Key, who came right in, played 29 minutes last night. Um, Seven points, nine rebounds. He plays the three, which allows DeAndre Hunter to play the four, which is where you want him in that zone-busting role that he is so good at. And it's time to get excited because Jay Huff saw the court finally last night. This is a kid I, I talked about that would break out last year. He was on the court for eight minutes last night, had eight points. Okay? Three for four from the field, one for one from deep. This kid's seven foot two. Huh. Okay. Virginia now has a seven foot two kid that can score. Are you fucking kidding me? Like they need an, an, a more embarrassment of riches on a team that gets 15 possessions a game. That's obviously it's an exaggeration if you didn't get that. But if he can play, if he can show that he can block shots and play on the on the defensive end, oh my god, Virginia might go undefeated. They might beat everybody. By 31 points. Not just Towson, but everybody. And that is a storyline you want to keep. Jay Huff is one of the most physically gifted kids in the entire ACC, but hasn't been able to get on the court because either he's injured, which he suffered a shoulder injury last year, late last year, or he can't play defense. If if he can be on the floor for 15 minutes a game, Virginia is, is, is crazy. That's, that's as big as Braxton Key getting his waiver, in, in my opinion. The kid... He's unreal. I mean, if you get on get on his YouTube page, just watch him shoot the ball, watch him play. At seven foot two, he moves like a six foot five kid. It is unreal. Now he was only six ten when he committed, but he's grown four inches in the last couple of years. And woo, um, yeah, a Jay Huff. I mean, physical physical specimen as far as height and ability and, and what he can do on the basketball court. And it gives the Cavaliers another wrinkle that. That I wasn't expecting. I I didn't think we'd see him on the court last night. I I really didn't. Um, Given the injury and given the way he's been um, used in the past, I I didn't think it was going to happen. Okay. Moving on to, I'm going to say disappointing, but surprising. Okay. Syracuse 66, Eastern Washington 34. I just wanted to see Syracuse take somebody behind the woodshed and, and, and put up triple digits. Score 100. You know, that's maybe that's just not how this team is built. I think they got the talent for it. Brissett had the best dunk of the night, I think, last night, going down the lane, just reckless abandon, you know, tried to rip the rim off and then beat some cheerleader to death with it. I it was, you know, fuck. You know, I picked him as an NBA lottery pick in the preseason. Caught a little heat on that. People thought I was a little bit crazy. 
He goes for 20, uh, 8 points, 3 steals, 2 assists. Tyus Battle didn't play great. Um, it was good to see him not have to play the entire game, which I think that was that was part of the reason why Syracuse obviously put up so few points. You know, <clears throat> uh, it was also good to see Jalen Carey get into the game last night. He played 18 minutes after dealing with a right ankle. At, I don't know if it was right, an ankle injury for most of the preseason. Um, Buddy Bayheim played 27 minutes last night. Went one for 11, 0 for five from deep. Whoops. Uh, what was the other big... Oh, uh, Frank Howard didn't play last night. Strange. I I don't know what happened. He, he was a little bit hurt. I heard that Howard Washington was hurt and he actually played last night, but Frank Howard did not, which is, I gotta look into that. Um, you know, good to see, uh, Sidibe in there, 14 minutes. It, you know, he's going to be able to, uh, spell Chukwu if Sidibe remains healthy, that'll keep Chukwu fresh. Uh, I'm not sure at this point if Chukwu really needs that. You know, Pascal is one of, if not the best defensive center in the ACC. He only had to play 17 minutes last night. I think what this shows right here is Beheim was just ready to take the win. He knows some of these guys are going to play 35, 37 minutes a game and get your rest now because it's going to be a long season. Okay, Syracuse had... The most minutes logged by a player, by any player, since like 2001 last year. And they had the top three spots, okay? Brissett, Frank Howard, Tyus Battle were the top three players in minutes played last season of any player going back to like 2001 or 2007. I can't remember. I looked it up on on, uh, on sports reference a couple weeks ago. But... If you can get your rest, you better get it now because Bayheim's going to move to a short bench relatively quickly and rest is going to be few and far between for those guys. Okay, another game that I did not watch a ton of, but I was really happy when I saw the box score. Um, I threw it out there the other day that the Citadel, being a 25.5 point dog to Clemson, was not my lock, but I was really confident in picking the Citadel to cover. Clemson beats them 100 to 80. You know, the Citadel was a team that scored 82 and a half points like game last year, and they brought almost everybody back. So if you got that from me, big ups, send me a check. Um, Clemson, I had some questions about them, and we talked about it yesterday and all preseason. Let me grab a drink real quick. Um, I wanted to know who their fourth best player was. I wanted to know who's going to provide some bench scoring. I wanted to know who was going to do what on this team. Now, those questions aren't particularly answered because you're, you're playing the Citadel. All right, let's uh, let's let's you know let's pull it back. Okay, grab the reins. This is the Citadel. You know they might have scored 83 points a game last year, but they were also like eight and 24 or 11 and fucking 20 or something. I don't know. They weren't very good anyway. Obviously, the player I had the most questions about. Was Amir Sims, which Amir got broken in last year. He's expected to actually contribute effectively this year. And he did that, I think, in 24 minutes. He scored 16 points. Again, I have not watched this game. I am a box score cowboy on this game. But you can glean some things from the box score. Amir Amir Sims scoring 16 points in any context is a plus for me. It shows that he has taken a step forward. Now, only having one rebound in 24 minutes... That jumps out at me a little bit. Uh, four personal fouls in 24 minutes against the Citadel. Um, 
that that jumps out at me a little bit as well. Now, where do you go for the best the best insight on the ACC? You come here. Why do you come here? Because of all the podcasts that you listen to in regards to the ACC, all the people that have talked about Clemson, nobody. You know why I know this? Because I listen to all these podcasts too. These people talk about how everybody has a podcast. Any fan has a podcast. We've been here for four years. I don't care how long you've been here for years. All right? Doesn't mean you know anything. All right? I am the only motherfucker that gave you the name Clyde Trap. Okay? 27 minutes yesterday. Four for eight from the field. Scored 13 points. Had three assists. Had three steals. Had three rebounds. I'm sorry, two rebounds. Had a block. Now, he did have four personal fouls, which... I'm starting to get that this game, the refs had an influence in this game. I, I'm going to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Nobody gave you that name, people. Okay, Everybody wants to talk about Hunter Tyson and Johnny Newman Third and Javon White and David Scar and Amir Sims. Nobody gave you Claude Trap. I gave you Claude Trap. That's why you come here. That's why you subscribe to this podcast. I'll tell you what's up. My boy, Marquise Reed. 37 minutes yesterday, grabbed 13 rebounds out of the two-guard spot, had 20 points. That's why he's on my preseason all-first team in the ACC, guys. That's why. Marquise Reed, he's the man. All right, moving on. Next game. This game started out, I watched the bottom line on this. I almost had to swap over to this game. I was not interested in it when I saw it on the schedule. The Milwaukee Panthers going to Chestnut Hill to play the Boston College Eagles, I think Milwaukee jumped out 26 to 10 at one point, 24 to 10, something like that. And I almost had to switch it over. But then I was thinking to myself, nah, nah, no way. Not ever, no way. And, uh, you know, they win 73-53. Boston College comes back, recovers. Kai Bowman, 19 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks, a steal, you know, it goes six for seven from the line. The biggest surprise, and it's not really a surprise. Again, who gives you these names? Who tells you what to expect? Winston Tabs, 32 minutes, six for 11 from the field, scores 16 points. He had a great exhibition season. The coaches and the insiders on those boards were talking about Winston Tabs more than Jarius Hamilton. Hamilton had eight and seven yesterday. Uh, Jim Christian went a little Iron Man yesterday with. Uh, very little uh, margin for error in this game, given the way that Milwaukee jumped out on them. He played basically six guys, and that's it is what it is. Boston College, I mean, Boston College wins by 20. They cover the spread. I think the spread was 17 at tip. So, uh, you know, Milwaukee comes out hot. Kai Bowman leads them to victory. Winston Tabs comes out of three-star. And I, it, Jim Christian runs an offense that benefits his guards a great deal. You know, Jerome Robinson wasn't a, a huge prospect coming out. I mean, he's from North Carolina, okay? NC State's backyard, Duke's backyard, North Carolina's backyard, Wake Forest's backyard, East Carolina's backyard, South Carolina's backyard. None of these guys landed him. He goes to fucking Boston to freeze his balls off for three years, and Jim Christian makes him an NBA lottery pick, Okay. Now he's got Winston Tabs. What can Winston Tabs do? He can shoot the shit out of the ball. Jim Christian's going to put him in a position to score. Boston College is going to be better than all you guys think. Okay? That's why I had him at number, what did I have him at, 11? 
10 or 11. I can't remember if I had him ahead of Miami. I got him ahead of Louisville, and I firmly believe that shit. Boston College is going to be better than Louisville this year. They, they, they got the star power that Louisville does not have. Kai Bowman will refuse to lose. Okay? You think that kid doesn't want to go dancing? He's going to be in the NBA next year. He wants to dance this year. Okay? He wants to get a taste of that tournament. All right? Jim Christian wants to keep his fucking job. So they want to go dancing together. Okay? That's the, that's the way it is. Do they get there? No, I don't think so. But <laughs> neither is Louisville. I, you know, some of the, I, Louisville is Louisville. Louisville ain't better than Boston College. I don't give a shit what you say. All right, Pittsburgh. We got to talk about them at some point, so we might as well get it done and get it out of the way. There was a couple things that were interesting in this game. Uh, I do, th- I think Pittsburgh covered the spread. I'm not quite sure. Um, one thing jumps out. I mean, they play in Youngstown State. They win 69 to 53. Some things they definitely got to work on. One of the concerns, one of the things I talked about in the preseason, Pitt's front court. The quality of their front court. Jeff Capel is working diligently on landing them some kind of front court player that can help them. Youngstown State, 44 total rebounds. Pitt, 44 total rebounds. Somehow Youngstown State is is rebounding with a team from the ACC. That should never happen. I don't give a shit. Um, Biggest surprise of the night is easily freshman Xavier Johnson. If you remember me talking about him in the offseason, he was, you know, he's a three-star guy, decommit from Nebraska. I thought he was best suited to guard the opposing player's best perimeter player. And last night he said, hold my beer and watch this shit. 16 points, five rebounds, six assists, two steals, uh, only two turnovers. Played 31 minutes. Him and Trey McGowan's and Adiese Tony uh, combined for 45 points. Uh, there's your backcourt of the future, Pittsburgh fans. And you got to feel pretty good about that. Malik Ellison, who some thought might be their best player, had a very efficient 13 points on 6-for-10 shooting, grabbed 6 rebounds. You know, he's a transfer from St. John's. This team, hiring Jeff Capel made this go from a 5-year rebuild to a 3-year rebuild, in my opinion. He's going to collect talent, whether it be the transfer market, he will grab one-year sit-outs, he will grab grad transfers, he will do whatever is necessary to get talent into this program. Now, something that did surprise me was sophomore Shamil Stevenson only played 6 minutes in this game. Um, and and that was that was a, a concern that I had that his he hit his ceiling last year and... I thought he could break out. He's a he's a big, strong kid that can play a little bit all over the floor. He played, you know, that stretch four is not really him. He's more of a three, more of a deuce. Um, we'll see. I don't know if it's injury-related. I am not sure. But, uh, you know, Stevenson's a kid to keep your eye on. And if he doesn't start logging minutes, maybe it's a practice thing. Maybe it's a learning the, the system thing. I'm not quite sure. But that's something to keep on your radar. As I think Stevenson is one of the most talented players on this team. But maybe he's just not adapting well to Capel's coaching style. So, uh, moving on, we got uh, one game left on the docket from last night. Uh, my guys, okay, you know, I picked them seventh, but for some reason I'm called an NC State lover. And please, for the love of God, NC State fans, stop saying that Kevin Keats is a winner. We get it. He won some games last year. You guys are super excited. Maybe that excitement should have trickled down to the team in the ACC tournament and the first round of the NCAA tournament. Okay, can't can't preach that your coach is a winner and then go one and out in the ACC tournament and one and out in the NCAA tournament. Okay, 
Uh, NC State does break in their new guys yesterday. They win by 50. They hosted Mount St. Mary's. You know, St. Mary's, or Mount St. Mary's, I should say, lost their best player from last year. They also lost their coach who uh, went to Siena and Jamie and Christian. You know, this game, never in doubt, NC State forced 18 turnovers. You know, uh, Mount St. Mary's had 19 fouls. They shot 23.8% from deep. They shot 33% from the game. You know, NC State did what they do. They put the pressure on their guards, and they scored in transition. Um, Everybody basically had the game that we kind of expected, I guess. Uh, Four of NC State starters in in, in double figures. Torn Dorn had a career-high 28 points, also had nine rebounds. I don't really know what else to say other than, you know, they shot 10 of 22 from deep. They did shoot 13 of 20 from the line, which isn't all that impressive. Uh, Markel Johnson did step up his scoring a little bit, 17 points, only five assists. (laughs) Most teams would kill for their point guard to have five assists or average five assists a game. If Markel Johnson doesn't have seven or eight assists, it's a bad night, okay? Uh, One thing that I did notice... Um, real quick, Ian Steer, five minutes last night, still scored four points, grabbed four rebounds. But the other thing is Blake Harris, the transfer from Missouri, actually played 20 minutes and played pretty well, which he put up very well-rounded numbers in 14 games for Mizzou last year. Uh, 20 minutes last night, eight points, four rebounds, three assists. Harris is a talented kid. He actually outplayed Eric Lockett last night. Wyatt Walker, I still have questions about uh, in the front court. Derek Funderburk didn't play very badly. He had nine and six. Walker, man, I don't know. He, you know, he's the grad transfer from Sanford. I got, I got questions about him. Um, if Funderburk can step up, I, I think I feel a little bit more confident with him being there. But you know, maybe um, this is a function, or could be, a, you know, winning could be a function. Of Kevin Keats just rotating those two guys in and out. You know, maybe you throw Steer in there a little bit to, you know, mix it up a little bit. Maybe he gets a, some minutes there. I think you're better off with Funderburk as far as athleticism. I think you're probably better with Walker as far as fundamentals. Either way, you'll take a win by 50. This wasn't a game I was particularly interested in. I was watching a little bit of it tonight when I was uh, when I was writing the show after work. I, you know, another note, for some reason... This box score tells me that C.J. Bryce didn't hit a triple, but I think that he hit the first three that he took. Um, Either way, uh, you know, 16 points, 7 rebounds, 4 steals. He played well. Johnson played well. Torn Dorn looks like he is ready to be the man after not receiving the feedback that he would have liked from the NBA Combine. Um, NC State, I'm still a believer. You know, winning by 50, I don't give a shit who it is. You know, Syracuse didn't win by 50 last night, and they played the dog shit team. You know, um, I'm still sold on NC State. I still like UNC to win the league. I think I underestimated Zion Williamson a little bit. Uh, Finally getting able to see him in a real competitive game and seeing what he can do. Not playing Canadians, not playing a high school all-star game, not playing on YouTube, not doing all this. Finally getting to see within the context of an actual game that matters against high-level competition, Zion Williamson looked like the most athletic motherfucker on that floor. I was wrong. He's a force. Do I like him better than Cam Reddish? For college, absolutely. For the NBA, I'm not quite sure. Can he play the five? I don't think so. I think you still need Marcos, uh, Marcus Bolden and Javin Deloria to give you something if you're a Duke fan. Um, that said, we got a night off tonight. 
We got more ACC games coming tomorrow. I got G Tech on Friday. I got Notre Dame on Thursday. You guys will be hearing from me again Sunday morning. This is the ACC Basketball Report. I thank you guys for joining me and look for this show to be twice a week. Don't forget, like, rate, review, share, retweet, and subscribe to the podcast. Leave me some reviews. Get my rating up because when this show first started, it was not the same and people did not love it. I appreciate all you guys. Basketball season's finally here. I'm in a better mood almost instantly. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you this weekend. Later.